word that I, I kind of came up with that I want uh, to focus in on my life this year. And that is purpose. As we look at the Psalms, we understand that there's a lot of different things that they say. And, and as we've looked at even the first four, uh, they, can, they can say two different things whenever you read them two different times. But it's important to note that whenever you're reading the Bible that you do it with purpose. That as you read and study that you look for God's purpose for your life in it. And that you look for God's purpose in what you're reading in your life. In that, we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 16. If you're able, let's stand for the reading of God's word tonight. Book of 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Verse number 16, Paul said, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is, underline, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together at your house again tonight. God, we thank you for all that you've done for us this week. Lord, help us tonight as we look into your word. God, that we could do so with open hearts. God, that we could do so with a purpose. Uh, God, that that ultimately we could live a submit and surrender life. Lord, you could have your way in our life. And that could be our purpose, living for you each and every day as, as Christians. God, help us that our light would shine even brighter as individuals, as families, and as a church. Lord, above all, continue to have mercy on those who are lost. And if they be one among us tonight, Lord, if they be one next door with the, with the teachers, Lord, I pray that you would have mercy on them that they could soon sit in, that they see their need of salvation. And believe in Christ before it be everlasting too late. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul said here, and a couple of things that I like to point out, and I have them underlined in my Bible. But in verse number 14, Paul said, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. I believe that he could have stopped with what thou hast learned, but I love that he added in, to be assured of, to be absolutely sure, to be absolutely positive. How sure are you in God's Word? How rooted and grounded are you in God's Word? Last Saturday night we were playing Jeopardy in the church and, and Emily had a question written down. And I'm going to pick on her for a minute. She had written down, how many times did the children of Israel circle, uh, walk around Jericho before the walls fell down? And y'all's team got it wrong. Y'all wrote the exact same answer that Emily wrote down, and that was seven. They did not navigate the circle around the city seven times, but up until we made that distinction, some people were absolutely sure that it was seven times. In the same way, some people are absolutely sure that Eve ate an apple or that Jesus was crucified with three nails. None of those are in the Bible. None of those can we be absolutely sure of. But the things which we have learned, the things that we have been taught through God's Word, through His Spirit, through study and through prayer, those things we have learned and we are absolutely sure of. How many of you in school learned that Pluto was a planet? No? Just me? Come on. Y'all learned that Pluto was a planet. Guess what? It's not. They change their minds. So as things progress in education, things change. And, and they're not the way they used to be. But God's Word does not change. It, it always has been, it always is, and it always will be. And Paul said, Continue in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. But we have, the, we have the perfect source of information. And he says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. I have underlined all and is. 
all scripture from cover to cover, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. If we read the Bible and feel good every time that we do it, we ain't reading the Bible right. The Bible is supposed to be good for, for cheering us up, yes. But it is also, also supposed to be convicting. The Bible is supposed to be for, for increasing our faith. But it is also supposed to be for correction. And all of that boils down to instruction in righteousness. That because of this, that with this, if we will use our Bible, if we will study our Bible, if we will search the Scriptures, a man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished, perfect in, in that sense, in, in context means complete. Thoroughly furnished with everything that he needs to go out into the world and, and to, to do good works. Now turn back, if you would, to Psalms. Knowing that the purpose of Scripture is to encourage, is to exhort, is, in, is to teach, is to, <laughs> is to give us our doctrine. Not to be made up of man, not to be just uh, assumed or brought out of thin air. My math teacher used to say you can't just grab a number out of thin air and just plug it in there because you think it works. You have to have a reason. You have to have a point. And if our point is not in the Bible, then there is no point. There is no purpose. And so whenever we begin to read the Bible, we have to do it with purpose, but we also have to search out the purpose that God has given us in His Word. The book of Psalm, chapter number 4. We studied this three weeks ago, verse number 4. The psalmist said, Stand in awe. And sin not. Stand in awe and sin not. If we see God the way that we ought to always see God, then we can be near sinless. Problem is, we get our eyes off of Him, we get our eyes on everything else. Chapter number five, verse number eight Lead me, O Lord. If we begin to find purpose in our life in God, then we will be submitted and surrendered unto His will so that He can lead us. The problem is, we don't want Him to lead us. We want to go about doing our own thing way too many times. And we may let Him lead us on Sunday. And we may let Him lead us on Monday because it's really close to Sunday. But by the time we get to Tuesday, we hadn't, we hadn't read God's Word very much. It's a whole lot harder for us to let God to lead, to lead us. Chapter number 6. Verse number two, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. We have to understand where we are. We have to understand that, that we are nothing, that we are weak, that we are incapable. Verse number one of chapter number seven, O Lord, my God, in thee do I put my trust. In thee do I put my trust. Verse number 17, I will praise thee, I will praise the Lord. According to his righteousness. I will praise him because he is worth it. I will put my trust in him because he has never let me down. Go over to chapter number 12. And we're going to hang out here just for a minute. I know we hung out here pretty much all day on Sunday. Chapter number 12, verse number 1. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. That is the world that we are living in. The godly man ceaseth and the faithful fail from among the children of men. The majority of people today, the vast majority of people today, are faithful to very, very little. With the exception of a little five-inch screen that they have in their hand 90% of their life. If it's not in their hand, it's in their pocket. And most people always know where it's at. To that we are faithful. But to God are, are, are people seldom faithful. To church are people seldom faithful. To other people are people seldom faithful. To missions are people seldom faithful. To evangelism, to good works. 
to reading and studying God's word with a purpose. When I was in college, I read through the word of God. Actually, I started in high school and it took me into freshman year of college. I had one of those Bibles that you read in one year. And I started in January and I read through the whole Bible. You know, I have no idea what all I read. I'm sure that I read all of the words that was in the Bible. But there is a very, very big difference in reading the Bible and reading the Bible. Make sense? Very big difference. We can stand here and we can read, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth for the faithful man from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. And the Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. And who have said, with our lips we shall prevail and with our tongue who are our own. Who is Lord over us for the oppressed and the poor? Go through it and go through it and go through it. And, And you can get through it fast. In school they used to time us and whoever got through the fastest, we got a gold star. And it had nothing to do with remembering what you read. It had nothing to do with taking in what you read. And the problem with that is, is, is we are a lot like plants. If you go to water a plant and you just dump a five-gallon bucket of water on it, the water is going to hit the top of that pot and it's going to wash off and the plant is only going to absorb this much water. But if you take that five-gallon bucket and you slowly pour the water in and, and you let the water soak down through the roots of that plant and soak down into the pot of that plant, then that, that, that plant is going to be able to absorb all of that water. But if you just throw it on there, it's gone, finished, done. None of it stuck around. And if the word of God does not stick, then what is the purpose? The purpose of a lot of people's Bible today is a coaster. You'll see a little ring right here. Because they put it beside their bed and they sit their drink on it, they sit their coffee on it, they sit their tea on it, but they never crack the spine of it. They don't open it up. And if they do open it up, it's because somebody told them to or it's because somebody asked them a question and they said, well, let, let me see if I can find it. Instead of reading with purpose. Instead of asking God to, to lead me to a place in Scripture. Instead of standing in awe. I want to read that verse one more time. Chapter 4, verse 4. Instead of standing in awe and sinning not. He said, commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Very seldom in our life do we commune with our own heart. Do we sit and meditate? Do we sit and chew on the Word of God? Very seldom. At least not as often as we ought to. Chapter 5 is where we were planning to end up tonight. It says, it's a Psalm of David. David said, Give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King, my God. For unto thee will I pray. Now turn over to chapter number 18. To thee will I pray. My king, my God. Chapter number 18. And I don't know if your Bible has it. My Bible has a little bit of an introduction. Gives it context. It says, A psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song, in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, not might trust, not could trust, not may trust sometime, but in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. And I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Where do we go? Where do we go? The Psalms were written and a lot of people says that it's just a collection of songs. And and if you want to feel good, go read Psalms. 
And if you want to be encouraged, go read Psalms. These songs are in the Bible for a reason. I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure that there were a lot more than 140, 150 some odd songs written in this time period. But God chose these 140 or 150 something songs to put in the Bible. Which means that every single one of them that's in here and every single word that is in here included from these songs are here for a purpose. They're here for my purpose. They're here for your purpose. David said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Verse number four, the sorrows of death compassed me. The floods of ungodly men made me sore afraid. Now go back. And I know we're jumping around. Go back to chapter number 12. He said, the godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fall from among the children of men. And we're going to tie it all back in together here just a second. He said the faithful man failed. That there's no more faithful men. There's no more godly men. And David said here the sorrows of hell compassed me. The snares of death prevented me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. It is extremely easy to get, get overwhelmed in the day which we're living in. It's easier to get overwhelmed whenever you have no relationship with God. The stronger your relationship with God, the harder it is for the world to get in. Everybody's watched those Tom and Jerry movies, right? Everybody's seen Tom and Jerry. So what Jerry would do is he would run in his mouse hole and he'd slam the door and then he'd start locking deadbolts. He'd start at the bottom and he'd start locking deadbolts. And, and, and what, what's going through your head is he locks one and the cat can still get in. And then he locks two but the cat can still get in. And then he locks three and four and five and six and seven and eight. And by the time he gets all the way up, there must be ten of them. And he said by the time he gets all the way up, then that door is secure, right? That makes sense. It's easy to kick in one deadbolt. It's harder to kick in two. It's harder to kick in three. Who's going to kick in ten deadbolts going into a doorframe? The more you have locked, the more you have turned, the more you have installed, the more secure it is. The more of God's Word you have locked in, the more of God's Word that we have installed, the harder it is for the world to get in, the harder it is for the devil to get in. James said that if we will resist him, he will flee from us. He will flee from us. How do we resist him? It's not by accident. It's not by speed reading through the Bible. It's not by making sure. And, and I talked to a guy one time. He said, I'm covering my bases. I've been to every church. I've been baptized by every different type of preacher and every gender of preacher. He said, I've got crucifixes all over my house. He said, I've bought things that, 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 that was in the world the same time Jesus was. And, and I believe that Jesus touched them. And I believe that Jesus breathed on them. And, and I believe that, that Jesus was around them. And so I prayed to them. And I prayed to Mary. And I prayed to the sun God. And I prayed to Jesus. And I prayed to the moon God. And I prayed to everything and everybody just in case one of them's right. Can you imagine? He said, just in case one of them is right. And Paul told Timothy to continue in the things which we are assured of. If you are sure that the Bible is the words of God, right? The Bible is not the word of God. We've been over this. The Bible is not the word of God. The Bible is the words of God. 
Chapter 12, verse number 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. These are the things that we have been assured of. These are the things that we know. These are the things that we're supposed to continue in. But how are we supposed to continue in a Bible that we do not read? How are we supposed to continue in a word that, that we, just, we just have? There's a difference in, in reading your Bible and studying your Bible. There's a difference. There's a difference in getting through the Sunday school lesson and getting in the Sunday school lesson. Right? As a kid, we had the same, the same quarterly. I don't have one up here with me. We had the same quarterly that we have here. We had the, the, the adult and the junior quarter. The faith way, whatever's on the front of the book. Y'all have a Sunday school book. Whatever's on the front of it, that's the same ones that we had as a kid. And at the end of every lesson, there's a bunch of questions. So you know what we did as a kid? We opened up that book. Can I borrow yours for a minute? We opened up the book. That's it, faithfully literature. That's what I was looking for. We opened up the book as a kid, and my dad com combated this because he'd give us trivia questions to make sure at least we read some of the Bible. But we would open up the book, and then we would look at the top of the page, and the top of the page, it had the title. And we would skip from the title, we'd go over two pages, and we'd go straight to this page. You know why we go straight to that page? Because we knew some school teachers were going to ask us these questions. So what we do is we go through and we read these questions, and it says, what did Paul mean? Without the resurrection, we are of all men most visible. Then we would speed read through the context, through the whole lesson. And we would try to find that sentence. Because in that sentence is the answer. That's what we were taught to do in school. And very, very seldom did I read through the whole lesson with the point and purpose of learning something. And that is an absolute shame. So many times in our life, we, we, we read to answer a question. We study to, to, to get to the point, to get through it, to get past it, to, to get to the end of it. There's a difference in getting through our Sunday school lesson and being done with it. Find a kid. Find a kid and give them, give them homework. Give them those old times tables they used to give us. Y'all remember them times tables, times charts, whole bunch of multiplication facts. And hand it to them and say, when you get done, you can go outside and play. How many of them they're going to get right? Probably none. They're going to go through and they're going to write answers as fast as they can. Because all they can think about is going outside and playing. And whenever we read our Bible, if that is the way we read our Bible, we might as well leave it shut. Whenever we open up our Bible, uh, let's go back and read that verse again. And I know we're jumping around. <coughs> Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Offer sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Offer sacrifices of righteousness. If we can't allow God to be priority in our life, then ain't nothing righteous about anything in us except His Spirit. That's it. If we can't prioritize God enough to, to read and study His Word, for and, and I'm going to say this, for a few minutes a day. For a few minutes a day. If we read to get through it, we ain't reading with purpose. We ain't reading with passion. And, and I come up with all kind of P's that could have been in Psalms. I settled, settled on purpose. If we don't read with purpose, then why are we reading? If we don't serve God with purpose, then why are we serving? If we don't come to church with purpose, and the purpose cannot be to show up to get a free meal out of the fellowship hall on Wednesday nights. That can't be our purpose. We'd love to have you, but that's not the reason we show up. 
That's an, that's an added benefit. It's like being saved and then you, you get to, you know, join a church and you get to lead singing and, and you get to... All of that is fringe benefits. When the Holy Spirit comes in you, you get a joy that, that you've never experienced before. God looks different. God's people looks different. All that is symptoms of, of the one thing that happened and that is salvation. And the same thing is true with reading God's word. We have to do it with, with a point, with a purpose. We have to serve God with a purpose. If we come to church to socialize, then we are missing the whole purpose of why God said we need to have church. If we come to church just to just because everybody expects us to, or because mom and daddy get upset if we didn't, or because we want to eat, or because it's convenient. I used to tell my wife, because we were always running behind, I'd say, come on, we got to go to church. Come on, we're going to be late for church. Come on, we got to go to church. Got to go to church, ain't going to church. Come on, we get to go to church. Come on, it's time for church. Come on, ain't it wonderful? It's church time. David said, I was glad when they said unto me. I was excited. Verse number 17 of chapter 7. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. I will praise the Lord because he is worth it. I will praise the Lord because of what he has done. I will praise the Lord with purpose. I will read God's word with purpose. I will live my life with purpose, and that purpose is, is God's will in my life. Chapter number five, verse number seven. But as for me, I will come into thy house, into the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness. Because of mine enemies, make thy way straight before my face. If we serve the Lord with purpose, he will make our way straight. He will make it clear. He will make it easy. He will make it simple. But there's a purpose to it all. There's a purpose to the pain. There's a purpose to the heartache. That There's a purpose to everything. And we may not see it. We may not understand it. Some of y'all have heard this. Where's it at? There it is. Y'all heard that? Y'all know, know the reason that's there? So whenever we were, we were working on this, and then Brother Roy was up here with us, and, and we got all of the two-by-fours laid down, and we got a hammer drill down in there, and then I, I had to leave and go. Anyway, there was a whole box right there, right there where Brother Ethan's at right now. There was a whole box of liquid nails in, in tubes of caulk. Big box. They, they must have been two or three dozen of them in there. And, and what they were doing is they were sitting back there waiting to go on top of the tube of 12s that go here. Okay? A couple of days later, uh, I drove back by and then came in here. And the, the tube of 12s had been stood up and the plywood and all was laid down. And I turned and I looked back there. And all that liquid nail was still there. It had a point. It had a purpose. And anybody who came in, they, they couldn't have missed it. They had to have seen it. It was there. But because they didn't use it, because it was just there, it was just present. God's word is here. We all have one. If you don't get with me after church, I will hook you up. 
We all have a Bible. We all have God's Word. He gave it to us for a reason. But if we don't use it, we're going to squeak. If we don't use it, it don't help. Liquid nails serves the only purpose is to keep plywood from squeaking whenever it's nailed down the boards like that. But if you don't use it, can't help. If we don't use God's Word, if it does not serve a purpose in our life, it cannot help us. Chapter number 12, he said, The godly man ceaseth. The faithful fail from among thee. They speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor. They're lying, they're, they're cheating, they're stealing, they're, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth, they're flattering me. And, and, and God, I don't know what to do. And, and David is just in a fit right here. And in verse number six, he said, He said, The words of the Lord was the answer. The words of the Lord are preserved. The words of the Lord are perfect. And whenever David said in chapter 5 and verse 8, he said, Lord, lead me. So many times, I saw a picture one time and I really liked it. It said the person who prays, God help me and don't read their Bible is like that knucklehead standing there holding a shovel praying to God that, 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 that there be a hole there. If you pray to God that there's a hole there and you're standing there holding a shovel, then you're the problem. If you pray to God to help you in your life but you're not reading your Bible, you're the problem. Saw another picture this past week. A man sitting there praying, God help me, God help me, God help me. And then and, and the next picture right beneath it was, was a hand coming down out of the sky with a Bible. So here it is. Here's the answer. Read it with purpose. Study it with purpose. Use it in our life and it will help us. It will bless us. It will guide us. Verse number 12, chapter 5, and we're going to come to a close. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. Thou can pass him as with a shield. How many of us would like to have the shield of the Lord around us? Chapter number 7, verse number 10 says, My defense is of God. We can't fight spiritual battles without Him because we can't see it. We don't know what's going on. We don't understand it. But if we will read with purpose, if we will study with purpose, if we will live with purpose, if we will serve with purpose, I don't remember where I read it or where I may have seen it, but I read this here a while back. Man was talking, a boy was talking to his daddy and said, Daddy, is, is God coming back soon? Man said, Yes, son, he's coming back soon. The boy says, So, so what is he waiting on? Daddy said, I don't know, son, but he's coming back soon. So the boy said, Well, what are we supposed to do till then? He said, Well, Till he comes back, we're, we're just waiting. We're the waiters. And he said, well, son, uh, daddy, what do we do? He said, we do what waiters do. We serve. And I thought that was great. Until God comes back, we serve. We do what waiters do. And as we're waiting on him, we serve. 
and in serving him and reading and studying his word and living for him and praising him and praying to him and looking to him and, and allowing him to lead and guide us. If we do it all with purpose, God will bless our life. He has promised us that. And I ask you that, that you, you would pray for me, that I can live my life with purpose, that our family could live our life with purpose, that our church could serve with a purpose, and that it could all be the purpose of furthering the kingdom's work of God. For his honor, for his glory. Well, we have a verse of song. We're going to ask for a verse of invitation. If someone has something on their heart, we invite you to come at this time.